Thanks, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So if you've been following Broncos and Broad Wars podcast the last few weeks, you'll remember that we've been working through a five-part series that I'm calling Fixing the Broncos. In part one, we discussed ownership and the necessity of the Bolins to sell the Broncos if they want to avoid becoming the Detroit Lions of the 2020s, preferably to an ownership group uh, headed by John Elway that can operate a little bit by, like Magic Johnson and his group that runs the L.A. Dodgers. Last week in part two, we discussed the front office and how it just needs a little tweaking, mostly in the form of John Elway giving over control of the draft board to Gary Kubiak or another keen evaluator of football talent and character. John Elway hasn't been proven to be a particularly good judge of moral character. Well, today was supposed to be part three, uh, discussing the coaching staff, and most specifically, um, if, finding a new coach for for Vance Johnson when he's or Vance Johnson, I'm sorry, when he's fired at the end of the year. But you know what? In light of the fact that we're all okay, we're all myself included, a little drunk on orange Kool Aid right at the moment. We're going to put aside the fixing the Broncos series for the moment. And I'm going to take you on a little journalistic research project instead. This should be fun. Okay, so I've told you in past podcasts, podcasts that, that my background is in IT and business management, and that's true, but I have a history in journalism as well. In fact, the skipper Dudette and I, will, we'll call her Marianne, met, met at the DU Clarion newspaper back in the uh, 1980s, and I actually wrote some articles for the old uh, Rocky Mountain News back in the day. But anyway... The concept of, of opinion journalism, which, which most blogging is opinion journalism, is to find an angle on a story that, that's out of the mainstream and it's enough to capture your attention, but it's not so stupidly out there so as not to be believable, and then to support it with factual artifacts. Okay, that's what we're going to do today. And my angle is, is, and I expect I'm still in a minority, but it's a growing minority. And if you, if you go back to the original, you know, podcasts of, of Broncos and Bratwurst, you, you'll see that I've been steady on this all along. But but basically, my angle is that Vance Joseph just may be the long-term answer at head coach for the Denver Broncos, okay? Yes, it's a minority opinion. But, uh, you know, of course, the case against VJ is pretty obvious, right? He's, he was 5-11 and 11 last year, poor game day management skills, a deer-in-the-headlight look, and, and he seemed to lose the locker room in last season, um, uh, uh, among other issues with, with him. Um, and, and yeah, you know, superficially, the VJC experiment looks like it's, it's on its last legs, or at least it did a couple of weeks ago. But I believe that when you start to look deeper, things are not nearly as, as dire as many of us want to think. No doubt, you, you'll be hearing a great deal in the coming weeks, about the four main reasons Vance Joseph is a collective 10 and 17 over two years as Denver Broncos head coach. And I think these are the main four. Okay, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, and Case Keenum. So despite some, some late-game heroics from Keenum, he's been pretty average this year. Not not great. He hasn't cost the Broncos a lot of game, but, but he's he's pretty mediocre. And and then, the of course, the three quarterbacks from last year were, were absolutely atrocious and, and honestly I think there really aren't a ton of head coaches who would have gone that much better than 500 this past two seasons with those four at quarter especially as a brand new head coach and some something that goes under recognize I think is, is that VJ was also dealing last year with a rookie defensive coordinator 
and as well as as a change in offensive coordinators during the year as Mike McCoy was just a an absolute disaster. So in my opinion, if John Elway made a mistake in remaking his coaching staff last year, it was in pairing up a, a rookie head coach and a defense a rookie defensive coordinator. Typically what Elway should have probably done, if he was going to bring Vance Joseph in, especially without even much experience as a defensive coordinator, if he was going to bring him in as a head coach, he really should have brought, he wasn't going to get Wade Phillips, but he should have brought in a Rex Ryan type of a defensive coordinator. Somebody could almost be an assistant coach, assistant head coach, and help show VJ the ropes. But he just got thrown in straight into the fire, uh, VJ really did. In no way, I think the way he did things with, with the rookie head coach and the rookie defensive coordinator was just asking for trouble with that move. And, and I expect he probably knew it. Certainly he knows it now, I'm sure, as he looks back on it. But another underappreciated piece of this puzzle with Vance Joseph is just how difficult it is to be a young head coach in the NFL. It's not just VJ. It's everybody. No, it's basically everybody. And, and so I thought what I'd do is take us on a little blast from the past and, and do some research to look at the first two season records of some of the NFL's all-time great head coaches just to see how VJ compares. Um, I thought that'd be an interesting, interesting little research project. So there, there have been a total of nine head coaches from the Super Bowl era elected into the Hall of Fame. Okay, here they are. George Allen, Joe Gibbs, Bud Grant, Tom Landry, Marv Levy, John Madden, Chuck Knoll, Don Shula, and Bill Walsh. Okay, th those, those are our nine. And, and let's take a quick look at each of them and how they did in the first their first two years, okay? So, George Allen, 1966 and 67 with the Rams and Redskins, 19-7-2, actually, except for... John Madden, he was probably he was the the best, most effective his first um, two years. I, and I have to take a quick aside here and, and tell a quick George Allen story because he was a real boy. He he was something else, paranoid, um, just a just a, a fascinating head coach. Uh, he he came back to the Rams. He coached for the Rams and Redskins, nineteen sixty six to seventy seven. Came back to the Rams for a second time in nineteen seventy eight, and was actually fired after two preseason games. Um, you know, he was one of the very few times in NFL history a coach has been fired after a preseason game. They asked, the, the reporters asked Carol Rosenblum, the, the Rams owner at the time, why he fired George Allen after a preseason game. And, and Carol Rosenblum said famously, we gave him unlimited authority and he exceeded it. So I, I always love that story about George Allen. So anyways, George, uh, Joe Gibbs, 1981-82, um, for the the Redskins, sixteen and nine. Okay, there's not a lot of games there because 1982 is a strike season. Uh, Bud Grant, 1967-68 with the Vikings, 11-14 and three. Okay, roughly VJ type territory. Tom Landry, 1960-61 with the Cowboys, four twenty and two. Terrible, terrible first two years for Tom Landry. Marv Levy, 1978 and 79 with the Chiefs. Um, 11 and 21, also terrible. John Madden, probably the best of the bunch. 1969-70 was 20 wins, 5 losses, and 3 ties. Chuck Knoll, 1969-1970 with the Steelers, 6 and 22. He was 1 and 13 his first year and somehow managed to keep his job. Um, Don Shula, 1963-64 
was 20 wins and eight losses. Okay, very effective. And Bill Walsh, 1979 and 80, with the 49ers, 8 and 24. So, so quick recap. Nine Hall of Fame head coaches of the Super Bowl era, four of them were better than Vance Joseph. Four were worse, and one, Bud Grant, was about the same. Total record, 96 wins, 123 losses, and eight ties. Sounds something a little bit like where VJ is with his career right now. I mean, basically, you, you throw VJ in to to a little graph of, of those nine coaches, and he actually falls right smack dab in the middle. But now, listen to this. this is where it gets really interesting. Season three. Let's go through the same nine with season three. George Allen, 1968 with the Rams, 10-3-1. Joe Gibbs, 1983 with the Redskins, 14-2. Super Bowl champions. Bud Grant, 1969 with the Vikings, 12 and 2 um, NFL champs, and actually more like what we would call today NFC champs. So it was NFL versus AFL um, back in back in that day. Tom Landry, 1962 with the Cowboys, 5 8 and 1. He actually struggled until about 1966, long way into his career. Marv Levy, 1980 with the Chiefs, 8 and 8. Uh, he actually had a real rough career with Kansas City. And went on to have a Super Bowl career with the with the Bills. John Madden went eight four eight four and two, nineteen seventy one with the Raiders. Chuck Knoll, nineteen seventy with the Steelers, six and eight. Um, it was year four, actually, for Chuck Knoll, nineteen seventy one, that the Steelers went in eleven and three and and started one of the greatest dynasties in in NFL history. Don Chula, nineteen sixty five with the Colts, ten three and one. Bill Walsh, 1981, seven, uh, 1981 with the 49ers, 13-3 Super Bowl champions. So here are these, these nine Hall of Fame coaches in their first two years, 96-123 and 8, and in their collective third year, 76 wins, 41 losses, five ties, two Super Bowl champions, and what amounted to an NFC championship. Wow, what a difference a year makes. Okay, so let's move on and take a look at some more modern. Let's look at some quarter, some head coaches from today. I did some research and looked at a lot of the top names from today. And, and actually, believe it or not, most, I would say probably majority of the best modern coaches actually were around 500 or maybe slightly above for the first two years. Okay, Pete Carroll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Mike McCarthy, Andy Reid. All of these coaches were were above 500, so the, the, that trend has changed a little uh, over the years. However, there are some very notable exceptions, and I want to go through these real quick because this tells a fascinating story. Okay, so let's look at five other legendary type head coaches, or at least some of your top head coaches out there: Bill Belichick, Mike Shanahan, Mike Ditka, Jimmy Johnson, Dan Reeves. Okay. Not not um, currently Hall of Fame, but, you know, maybe th- there will be a case for at least a few of them making it into the Hall of Fame someday. Okay, first two years. Bill Belichick, 1991-92 with the Cleveland Browns, 13-19. Mike Shanahan, 1988-89 with the L.A. Raiders. He went 8-12. and Not a lot of games there because he got fired in year two. Mike Get- Ditka, um, 1982-83. With the Bears was 11 and 14. Jimmy Johnson, 1989-1990. With the Cowboys, 8 and 24. Dan Reeves with uh, 
81 and 82 at the Broncos, 12 and 13. All right, five coaches all below 500 in their first two years, 52 and 82 total. Okay, now watch what happens in, in, in year three, just like with the Hall of Fame coaches. Look what happens in year three. Bill Belichick, 1993, Cleveland Browns, he went, went up to uh, seven and nine. But then he went eight, 11 and five in, in year four, just like Chuck Knoll had. And in Cleveland, oh, this is Cleveland, right? So he went five and eleven in in ninety five, and and got himself fired. You know, just just very very Cleveland type of thing to do. But Mike Shanahan, nineteen ninety five with the Broncos, his third year, eight and eight. And then the Elway Terrell Davis mini dynasty began in year four, just like Chuck Knoll, just like uh, you know Bill Belichick had his best year in Cleveland. Mike Ditka, nineteen eighty four, the Chicago Bears went ten and six, and then went fifteen and one and won the Super Bowl in 1985 in year four. Jimmy Johnson, 1991 with the Cowboys, went 11-5, and five, and then he went thir- in 1992, he went 13-3 and, and won the Super Bowl in year four. And then Dan Reeves, 1983 with the Broncos, went 9-7, and seven, and then the following year went 13-3, and three, but he, he actually lost early in the playoffs in year four. So... These five coaches, all below 500 their first two years, year three turned it around to 45 and 35. And then by year four, just amazing numbers, 65 and 15 collectively, three Super Bowls. Okay, so what's my conclusion here? Vance Joseph may honestly end up not being a very good head coach. He may never improve beyond what we see today, but... The history of the greatest coaches of all time show us that if he's the long-term answer, and who knows, perhaps he'll be the long-term answer before, perhaps he'll even be a Hall of Fame caliber head coach someday. But year three is the pivotal year where he begins to put things together and he'll begin to win consistently if he's going to be the answer of the Broncos. And year four should be a monster. Okay, years three and four are when we'll really know what we have in Vance Joseph. And given the terrible quarterback's hand situation he's been dealt and his coaching up of some pretty good football against a brutal schedule so far in 2018, I believe VJ has pretty well earned a third season with the Broncos. And if VJ can follow the story arc of these legendary head coaches, we could be in for some fun time over the next couple of years. Kevin, back to you.